Hello, and welcome again to another edition of TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission, where we take an in-depth view of the artists chosen by God to use their gifts to glorify Him, the process behind their writing, and how the Lord has been with them in the process. Today our program is titled Hymns to Him, where we will take an in-depth look at some of the writers and the stories behind some of the great hymns of the church. I'm Greg Thomas, and I am filling in for Derek Davis today. And in the studio with me is Misty Quinn, one of our worship leaders from Times Square Church. Woo. Hey, Misty. <laughs> Thanks for sitting in with us. And, of course, our very own Jesse Carrasco is with us today. Hey, Jess. Thanks for having me, Greg. We are going to be discussing today uh, something we've not done before, uh, and that is uh, talking about the hymns of the church. We're going to go back and visit some hymns of the church in their tradition and then visit them in their modern-day arrangements. And so we're going to get a little bit of both today. So if you are a traditional uh, Christian music lover, and you grew up on hymns like Misty did, <laughs> and like I did, uh, you're going to enjoy this. We're going to have uh, some stories behind some of the birthing of these hymns, and then, of course, we're going to listen to how they have evolved, uh, but yet have maintained their integrity and their power. Uh, we know hymns to be uh, uh, the, the very mainstay, if you will, uh, of the church uh, but they are those songs that never go away. Songs like, How Great Thou Art, and I sing because I'm happy, I sing because I'm free, His Eye is on the Sparrow, Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross, and so many others that have infiltrated, if you will, and have had teeth. I like to say they have teeth. They, they have staying power in the church. Most people are familiar with some of these main uh, stays, if you will, some of the primary titles. Uh, but we're going to be talking about some of the other ones as well, because there's thousands of hymns out there. Uh, and we're not going to do a thousand today, but we're, <laughs> we're going to get through maybe a half dozen and then come back to you at another time. Uh, so stay with us for Hymns to Him. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a TSC Music with a Mission, and we're back with Hymns to Him. Misty is our choir administrator. Everybody knows you as that. Uh, but what they don't know is that you grew up singing hymns. Yes. Tell us about that. I grew up in South Texas, and my maternal grandparents, they sang country music their whole life. And when my mother got saved, she said, you can only sing country gospel and if we're here and they loved it they you were you gotta tell us what country gospel is though give us like one country gospel song. <laughs> put your hand in the hand put your hand in the hand of a man who still the water oh yeah that, i sang that when i was a kid in high in, in grammar school really my music teacher happened to be a christian so we used to be able to sing songs like that you can't do that today in school yeah Put your hand in the hand of the man that who calmed the sea. Take a look at yourself, and you can look at others differently by putting your hand in the hand of a man from a Galilee. Wow! 
<laughs> it's serious country gospel. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. And we would just, we would sing at my grandparents' house. Yeah. You know, my mom, my grandma and me, three-part harmony, my sister. And that's how I learned the songs of the church. I, I sung them in church as well, but I really learned them at home. This is your maternal grandmother. That's right. Is she still alive? Yes, she's still, she still alive. Singing? Plays guitar, as wow. they say it down there. We got to get her up here. Oh, and do the podcast. She, your mom, and you. That would be. We do three generations. Awesome. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. My grandpa's. Thank God he's living. He plays bass. See, we get all four of you. Forget it. And your sister. Yes. We're talking about a family reunion right here at TSC Music. Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but that's how, it's one of the things that truly instilled that love of Jesus in my heart. Those songs, and especially I would say the country gospel songs, they're very simple. They're, yeah. The words are very simple. Anyone, a child could understand them. And um, they weren't in your King James language. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I learned those too. Thank yeah, God, yeah. you know, at church, church. <laughs> what What was your favorite? I mean, if you think back as a as a child, what was the hymn that just stuck out to you? I mean, you could always remember it, even when you didn't know what it meant. You, you remember that hymn, "Victory in Jesus." Wow, why that one? I love it. It covers everything. Hmm. It it the core of it talks about Calvary, and then it talks about. The benefits of Calvary, salvation, healing, and ultimately, you're going home to heaven with Jesus. So I sing it all the time here in church because it's always applicable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it covers everything. And and for the believer, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, to, yeah. Exactly. So I, I love that one. Awesome. And I could sing it in my sleep. <laughs> Victory in Jesus. Let's, let's hear a little bit of that one, and we'll come right back.
efforts to reach out to those in need in Haiti continues. On call, Medicine with a Mission is hosting an online vitamin drive for Haiti. All donated vitamins will be sent to Haiti with the monthly on-call medical teams. If you're interested in sending vitamins with a team, please visit walmart.com. You can click on Registry, followed by Wishlist. It will ask you for your first and last name. For your first name, enter Times Square Church. For last name, enter On Call. Thank you for your support. That was a little bit of victory in Jesus. Misty Quinn leading us in worship here at Times Square Church. And uh, we would love to tell you the story of that song, uh, but we've got some homework to do on our end, some research to do. But there's so many more. There's so many more. One of one of your favorites is Nothing But the Blood. That's mm. another favorite. That's a favorite of mine. And uh, we, we do have a little story about that one. There is a story behind all of these songs, but this one we happen to have in the studio with us. Nothing But the Blood. Listen to this. Robert Lowry was a popular Baptist preacher in various churches throughout the East. In later life, he became interested in writing and publishing gospel songs. Today, he's best remembered for his many contributions to our hymnal with songs such as Nothing But the Blood, published in 1876. Through simply stated, both textually and musically, a five-note melodic range and just two chords, This gospel song has had an important place in the church's ministry in teaching both young and old the absolute necessity of trusting implicitly in the precious blood of Jesus for this life and for eternity. Just two chords. Did you hear that? <laughs> and today our hymns have like 14 chords. You know, it's like, <laughs> and they're all really just inversions and, and or, you know, the same chord just kind of flipped around a little bit. But, I mean, that song is just amazing. You know, what can wash away my sins? That's one chord. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And the whole song. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me, makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Two chords. Amazing. We don't do it that way, though. Mm-hmm. We don't sing it that way. We we have to embellish it a little bit. Come on, this is 2011. <laughs> you know, we've evolved musically, you know, and it's always a little different, you know. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So funny, because if, if we were in worship, those, those words would just flow. And now I have to think about it, and my <laughs> brain doesn't work. But you understand how it is, it's evolved from simple, simple mm. two chords and just a melody over top, and now we've got all of these minor sevens. And, <laughs> you know, Here's another arrangement of that song. 
What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the That was Matt Redman's version of Nothing But the Blood with additional lyrics, beautiful lyrics, an additional musical arrangement, uh, one that we sing here in Times Square Church and, of course, many churches around the world are singing that arrangement. What a wonderful addition to mm-hmm. what was a traditional hymn. And and he seemed to have maintained the integrity of the hymn, which was, which was awesome. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times writers today, we, we tend to want to revamp completely revamp the traditional you know there's not so many there's only so many things you can do with you know i sing because i'm happy i sing because i'm free you know uh, people know that hymn they hear that line immediately their minds go back to that hymn and we can't afford to lose that because this next generation will totally not know uh mm-hmm. this hymn if we uh, continue to rearrange them and ignore uh, the foundation. I, I'm always reminded of that scripture. If the foundation be removed, where shall the righteous stand? I think that's so, so applicable in various areas um, of our lives, of our Christian walk, and that even inv- includes our uh, our music. Well, the hymns don't have fluff. No fluff. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you never read a hymn with fluff. Every line means something yeah you can't always find that now they make you think Mm -hmm. they really do make you think i mean you're talking about the cross you have to think you're you're thinking about the cross because it's so descriptive uh in some of these hymns i mentioned uh draw me nearer or i am thine O lord which happens to be one of my favorite hymns there's a story behind that Born to slave parents and separated from them when only five years of age, Charles Tinley was a most remarkable individual. He learned to read and write on his own at the age of 17, attended night school, completed seminary training through correspondence, and was ordained to the Methodist ministry. While attending evening school, young Tinley supported himself as the janitor of the Calvary Methodist Episcopal Church in Philadelphia. In 1902, Charles Tinley was called to pastor this prestigious church where he had once been the janitor. The Calvary Methodist Church prospered greatly under his leadership. Eventually, several larger sanctuaries had to be built to accommodate the crowds of all races that came to hear this humble preacher. In 1924, in spite of Tinley's protests, the new church building was renamed the Tinley Temple Methodist Church. 
Charles Tinley expresses a concern in this hymn for many of the practices and attitudes that must be rejected if Christians are to be pleasing to their Lord. The hymn reminds us that we must watch out for those allurements and temptations that can easily disrupt our spiritual courses. Delusive dreams, sinful worldly pleasures, habits, prides, self, or friends. The Bible teaches that we are not to be conformed to this world, but should know the transforming power of a spiritually renewed mind. Join the Seniors Ministry in Prayer with Pastor Ben Crandall leading the charge. The Seniors Prayer Meetings are Wednesdays from noon to 1 in room 203. All ages are welcome. The Seniors Lunch and Fellowship is from 1 to 3 p.m. in room 201 and is open to everyone 65 and over. For details and updates, check our website, tscnyc.org. Say it again, say it again. I said, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm singing, favorite hymns is I Must Tell Jesus. Mm-hmm. I find it very, it, it just ministers so well. People hold back just like What a Friend talks about that hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Oh, what peace we often forfeit when we don't go to the Father in prayer. Yeah. And I Must Tell Jesus, which also has a story, yep. it says the exact same thing. And I like to I, I love to sing it at altar calls too. Because um, saying, I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear these burdens alone. And that's the time to do it in in, in, in the context of our worship services. Yeah, exactly. So it has a story as well. Pastor Elisha A. Hoffman, author and composer of more than 2,000 gospel songs, gives the following account of the writing of this well-loved hymn. During a pastorate in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, there was a woman to whom God permitted many visitations of sorrow and affliction. Coming to her home one day, I found her much discouraged. She unburdened her heart, concluding with the question, Brother Hoffman, what shall I do? What shall I do? I quoted from the word, then added, You cannot do better than to take all of your sorrows to Jesus. You must tell Jesus. 
For a moment, she seemed lost in meditation. Then her eyes lighted as she exclaimed, Yes, I must tell Jesus. As I left her home, I had a vision of that joy-illuminated face, and I heard all along my pathway the echo, I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus. Pastor Hoffman quickly wrote the words and soon completed the music as well. Since its publication in 1894 in Pentecostal hymns, this hymn text has reminded many believers that they have a heavenly friend who is always available to hear and to help. And this one I've heard in so many styles and so many arrangements. I mean, it was like the Baptist hymnal, the, the really? Baptist hymn. Oh, yeah. I Must Tell Jesus was just like, you know, we would do it. Uh, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear my burdens alone. Must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. So many arrangements. I know another one. Ah, that's all right. No, <laughs> there's a big choir arrangement of it too. It's just oh, so, oh, wow. so cool. Yeah. But this is the traditional one right here. Mm-hmm. Another song that's very dear to my heart. I've actually sung it at so many funerals, um, is Nearer My God to Thee. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, come ye disconsolate, you know? <laughs> that was my funeral song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, I just read the story behind it last night. I never mm. knew the story behind it. And it was just a woman who was telling the story of Jacob's dream when he ran from Esau. And, you know, he's a rock for his pillow, and the Lord gives him the dream about the angels ascending and descending on the ladder. And the song just talks about that desire, that inner desire to be near to the Lord when you're in trial, when you're in tribulation. But ultimately, what always really chokes me up is it's it ends with talking about the desire to be with the Lord in heaven and and really in the context of a funeral even that's what comforts people because it's always better to be with the Lord this well-loved hymn was written by a talented and charming English woman who lived only 43 years in spite of her delicate health Sarah Flower Adams had an active and productive life after a successful career on the London stage as Shakespeare's Lady Macbeth She began to write and became widely known for her literary accomplishments. 
The cross mentioned in the first stanza of her hymn text may have been the physical handicaps that limited many of her ambitions. Sarah's sister, Eliza, was a gifted musically and often composed melodies for her sister's poems. Together, they contributed 13 texts and 62 new, new tunes for a hymnal that was being compiled by their pastor. One day, the Reverend William J. Fox asks for a new hymn to accompany his sermon on the story of Jacob and Esau. Sarah had spent much time studying Genesis 28, verses 10 to 22, and within a short time completed all of the stanzas of Near My God to Thee. Since that day in 1840, this hymn has had an unusual history of ministering spiritual comfort to hurting people everywhere. These lines picturing Jacob sleeping on a stone, dreaming of angels, and naming the place Bethel, meaning the house of God, seem to reflect the common yearning, especially in times of deep need, to experience God's nearness and presence in a very real way. I think there was a verse added later on because um, I did. I, I haven't found it in hymnals, but I've sung it before, so and I don't know where I learned it. Another verse. Another to verse, this, but it's talking today. about safe in my father's home. Being, safe in my father's home. Exactly. So I don't know who added it, or maybe she added it later, and maybe that's why it's not in every hymnal. But well, you it's know what my, I found too is that verse. in some hymnals I can find the same song in different hymnals in different churches, and they not all have the same verses in them. True, um, and that and that could be a denominational choice or the mm-hmm. author's choice or the publisher's choice. You know, some verses that they kind of cleave to, and others they didn't they feel it were as meaty. Um, but that's been the case with a lot of songs. In fact, when I started studying the background to a lot of these hymns, I found a lot of verses that I had never heard and never sang. I didn't I even find that. them in hymn books. They, they were just part of the history, part of these uh, this research, um, and. Uh, you know, just didn't know that some of these some of these hymns have seven seven and eight verses. You know that, Unbelievable. and if it's the same thing every time, you could wow, be singing that thing for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why the words are so meaty because yeah. they had to be. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, get really. And then you old. find that hymn that's that's uh, that's got like two chords. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it's got eight verses. You know, I don't, for so, for some reason we don't have that kind of patience today because we we're so used to you know bells and whistles and climax and and, and et cetera. But mm-hmm. if it's just like you know, if it's just one level plane and we're just going to do another verse and just another verse and those same two chords, <laughs> something happens in us today. That we Stands one. We can't. Stands yeah, two. yeah. yeah well, <laughs> at least I know I don't have that kind of patience. So we got to do something <laughs> musically to. You know, we got to modulate, you know, maybe six times <laughs> out of the eight verses, you know. So. Oh, my goodness. We'll be right back. God to thee, my 
of the coming of the Lord He is trampling out the vintage Where the grapes of wrath are stored He has loosed the fateful lightning Of His terrible swift sword His truth is marching We're going to be doing a lot more of that. You know, the, the the interesting thing we were talking during the break is that there's so many styles and <laughs> genres within this genre of music. Uh, there's, there's Southern gospel, there's mm-hmm. traditional gospel, there's rock or contemporary Christian. You know, there there I I've heard hymns and and instrumental jazz. Beautiful. Wow. Um, uh, but we're going to be exploring the Southern Gospel, the traditional, the contemporary Christian, the jazz. We're going to be exploring all of that because they really are the hymns. And and though the new music today seems to have a very different uh, flavor to them, uh, uh, it does not and cannot take away from the authenticity and the power that the traditional hymns have. And so we want to maintain that. We want to try to hold fast to some of that integrity there. Um, as much as I love music and love the new music, it doesn't do justice to some of these hymns. You can't change no. some of these hymns. Some of these hymns are just meant to be the way they were written, and uh, that's what I love about them. We're going to be doing more of this, hymns to him, in the coming weeks. And so if you're listening to us and you are a hymn lover or you're just interested in some of the stories behind them, do hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. And I guess you would know the tags if you use either of those services. <laughs> Jesse will tell you how to contact us, but we'd love to hear from you so that we can pop some of your hymns into uh, the next program. Take joy, my king, in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. And we also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet for live tweets during every podcast interview. You can even tweet your questions for our podcast guests by using the hashtag MWM Podcast. 
And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week on Music with a Mission, we've got the first installment of a session from our annual TSC Music Ministry Workshop. It's spirited and spiritual praise. And remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas, in for Derek Davis. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Misty. This is all my righteousness.